Tartar Project, episode 22. Thank you so much for coming back. Thank you so much for tuning in for the first time. Whichever one of those is true, I appreciate it so much either way with you trusting me with your time. So thank you. Today we have Paul and Jeremy of Birch Coffee, which is my favorite coffee locale in New York City. They are an overnight success, 10 years in the making. They have 12 stores and counting, might actually be more at this point because we recorded this a little bit ago, but not too, too much in the past, but they are kind of on a tear, so they've been opening stores pretty rapidly. I know they had plans for three more stores before the end of 2019. It is now 2020, so I'm sure we'll get you an update in the bio, but we cover a lot of good stuff here, especially the early learnings from running a business for the first time for both Paul and Jeremy, managing cash flow and the time that they unfortunately had to fire half of their staff on a day's notice because they unexpectedly didn't have enough money in the bank to pay everybody because of the way that they were managing the books. But they have learned so much since then, so, so much, and you'll hear all about it. And I really want to highlight their their care for the brand, which is obviously very important for me as a lover of brands, which is why I do this whole podcast. They touch every aspect of the customer experience, of the employee experience. No stone goes left unturned, and I, I feel like that really comes through in the Birch Coffee brand. It's it's very special, and you you feel that from the second you're greeted in the store, just to when you get your coffee, which is also delicious. I highly recommend the cold brew. It's my favorite. It'll also get you a little bit wired if that's what you're looking for. Great. Uh, I like their careful approach into expanding into new product lines and new business endeavors. They, again, apply a ton of thought and care, as, as you should with a brand, but they just take it to the next level and craft everything around what they do. And I really respect that. Uh, before we dive into the episode, you know what I'm going to say. Please follow me on Spotify. Give me five stars on iTunes. It really helps me out. Tell your friends all about the Tartar Project. Tag me. Do whatever you can to help me grow. This is really fun for me. Even if you don't, thank you so much for listening. And here's Paul and Jeremy. Just looking at you approach that mic right now. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Hello, everybody. The Tartar Project. I wish this was a a video situation because... uh, in the studio, we're, we're getting a little silly. Today we have uh, two friends of mine, a beloved brand actually, Birch Coffee, Jeremy and Paul. Uh, can you give the Tartar Project listeners a rundown of what Birch Coffee is? Because partially self-explanatory, but it is so much more than just a delicious, delicious coffee. I mean, we think so. Um, what is it? So we actually just celebrated our 10 year, <clears throat> our 10 year anniversary. So that was on Sunday. Uh, which you came to, which thank you for attending. Pleasure. And um, yeah, we started 10 years ago. It was, we just kind of wanted to hang out in a coffee shop all day and get paid for it somehow. And it turned into something a lot bigger. So um, our coffee is, we think, really, really good. Um, but I think it's more about the experience. It's what it's what you experience. Uh, when you walk into a, into a store, uh, whether it's in the morning, whether it's in the afternoon, whether you're coming by yourself, whether you're coming with friends, um, and I think that was something that we saw that was missing in uh, specialty coffee throughout, uh, throughout New York city. Um, and so that's something that we wanted to really tackle. I don't think we knew we were tackling it until we were kind of like, I don't know, halfway through. I don't, I don't agree with that, Jeremy. I think that you, you, already you very much 
you know, well, no, you said, I just, I recall, I recall from, from our kind of earlier, our early conversations where you talked about, we have to be, we have to show where we're different and we're going to be different because we know service. And, and I recall just really honing in and kind of like being more laser focused on, on that bit because the, the coffee stuff was going to be like, we were going to do great coffee. Like that was going to be a given Like we were going to knock that out of the park. But service was, especially, especially in specialty coffee was lacking and never really had a good, um, a good representation, um, a great representation. And we wanted to be that great kind of great embodiment. And I remember, um, kind of early on you, you know, speaking directly to that and, and going, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. I think we can, let's figure out how we can do that better, you know? So that makes sense. That does make sense. So you're 10 years in and we're, we're just going to go at the highest of levels. You have a bunch of stores now. Uh, we opened number 12 yesterday, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In the airport. Uh, over at LaGuardia places. airport. Yeah. yeah. Giving a nice oasis in a barren sea of suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you nailed it there, man. Um, that is absolutely the case. Yeah. And people have been suffering for um, through all the traffic for the last God knows how long. That's right. Um, but it's uh, it's a new Delta Concourse. Uh, it's Concourse G. Uh, they're just starting out with limited flights. Um, and it's uh, for us, it'll be a work in progress. Um, but uh, it's something very new to us as well. Um, but it's really critical because we, we have to make sure that the brand is showcased perfectly. If people are landing in New York for the first time and then they have kind of a subpar experience at the airport, they're less likely to come uh, to one of our stores. And so, um, yeah, so it's it's been an interesting road. We started working with them about a year ago. There was just a lot of, I mean, it just took a lot of time to get things rolling. Um, but we're excited about it. We're excited about the the potential with it. And we were big Delta fanatics. Love Delta. Same. Um, three. three he's, right yeah, three Delta freaks. So I'm closing um, on diamond for the year. It's in my so sights. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm a domestic flyer pretty Same. much. Yeah. But I don't, I fly three, four times a year. Yeah. So it's not enough to earn, but he's close to pushing diamond. I found out there's a, there's another one. There's like a level above diamond secret one. Yeah. yeah. So it's 360 and you have to get yep. an invite. It's this whole thing. So new anyway. goals. Yeah. New oh, goals. Dare to, dare to dream. Right. Yes. We'll yeah. get there. We'll get there sometime. The, the thing with the thing that's interesting with the um, the the collaborative uh, partnership that doing, we're doing with OTG is that it's well it's it's a, it's a licensing agreement and they are they they came to us you know wanting to to partner and <clears throat> the the kind of the thing that's really interesting learning through this process is where we can still exercise our um, our strengths within that, within their kind of structure and where we have to kind of lean back and, and not, you know, force the hand so much, which is, is a really interesting place to work. Um, because we, you know, we want to continue to, to grow our brand and grow our business and, and really see what we can really make this whole thing, but to do it with someone who, who has a completely different type of operation with so many layers and so many, it reminds me of, do you remember the movie Office Space? Oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> like, it couldn't remind me more of Office Space in, like, the number of different, like, managers, and you're a manager, and I'm a manager, and everybody's a manager, and and who's reporting to whom, and it's just it's just this 
one pe- really? one person's a people person. Oh my gosh, it's so funny because they're like I'm getting I'm getting orders from one guy, and then my sales manager is coming to me going, absolutely don't listen to that guy, don't place <laughs> that, don't process that order, and it's just it's such a it's such a unique space for us. But I'm I'm I. L- <clears throat> I kind of treasure those types of challenges because they force me to go, okay, how can I do this part better, right? What steps do I need to take to make sure that we're still representing um, our goals and our brand and our values, and at the same time being cognizant of we're not fully in charge here. So how how much can we you know really push? So it's it's an interesting space to say the least. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. A, a lot of times, uh, I fall back on acceptance is the is the answer. <laughs> serenity now, yeah. Serenity now. God grant me the yeah. serenity to yeah. accept the things I cannot change. Yeah, yeah. there it is. There it yeah. is. We're Crazy. gonna take a bunch of steps back now. Okay. <laughs> not not because they were bad steps, but yeah. just because we're gonna go to the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Where did you guys grow up? I grew up. In a, I grew up in a farm town in just outside the Twin Cities, uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul, um, a town called Chaska. Uh, when I was growing up there, the population was twelve thousand people. No, 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 no. It was more <laughs> yeah. than twelve. Uh, just a bit more than twelve. Yeah. Uh, about yeah, about twelve thousand people. Very, very small town. Um, you know, like a one fire station, volunteer fire station kind of town, right? So that's that's very much right. And, it's, you know, it's Midwest farm town. So you have those kinds of values and everything that you can associate with that. That is very much where I grew up. Um, whatever you're thinking right now, you're correct. That is, that's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what it was like. Not so, a bad thing. No, it's, it was, <laughs> I, I, I cherish it. I mean, yeah. it was, it's, it formed me. Totally. You know, I, I take, I, I do not take for granted the fact that I had, you know, a, a very much a blue collar upbringing and, and shown, you know, this is what hard work looks like from the time I was eight, you know, I had a grandfather that had a, um, an apple orchard, um, just outside of, um, you know, the twin cities. And actually it was in across the river in, in Wisconsin. And I remember my cousin and I, when we were like eight or nine, my grandpa giving us uh, a, <clears throat> a Swiss army knife with the scissors, just the scissor function pulled out. And he's handed it to us and he handed one to me and handed one to my cousin. We were both the same age. And he goes, okay, guys. And it was like, I mean, there were thousands of trees. And he goes, we're going to go row by row and you're going to cut the vines on the tree that are strangling the trees. I hope everybody knows what a Swiss army knife looks oh, like. Yeah. I'm talking about the small one, yeah. right? The tiny one with the tiny scissors. And so we would be our, you know, it was, we weren't indentured servants, but it was like, it was, it was a unique you know, experience, but it, you know, again, it really had formed us at a very early age as to what hard work looked like. Yeah. So that, that's yeah. super clear. Yeah. And so. then what orchard did you grow up in? Yeah, no, no orchard. Um, I grew up, I grew up in Long Island. Um, I always like to kind of explain if you fly into JFK and then you drive 10 minutes away from the city that's uh, the best way to explain where I grew up. Um, it was a pretty like modern quote unquote, I'm doing hand quotations, like uh, <laughs> modern Orthodox Jewish, Jewish neighborhood. Uh, I grew up in the five towns, um, lived there. I, I think I, we were, we got there when I was about six or seven. Um, and then I left when I was 18, I went to, went to college, but um, yeah, I was, 
I mean, I was a worker. I think I got my first job at 15. I was working at Allen's drive-in, which was kind of like a dairy barn. Mm -hmm. You know, people would pull up in their car and I'd stick my head in their window and ask them what they'd get, what they wanted. It was like milk and cigarettes and beer. And that was what it was. Um, Mixed together? All mixed together. Wow. Yeah. Like a dairy, well, you said dairy yeah. barn, so I'm thinking like maybe like a Dairy Queen with a blizzard or something. No, no, no. <laughs> um, it was, you know, it was the stuff that people forgot to get when they went to the supermarket. And then on their way home, they're just like, oh, shit, I forgot the milk. And then they would stop there. I forgot the eggs. So um, that was where I, that was my first job. Alan's driving. Um, and it was great. I Like I was always a worker. Always. Um, I wasn't cutting, cutting vines, but. Both probably more focused on work and vocation than school. Like, well, I, I mean, I went to school because you, you went to school. You yeah. just, I, I didn't have a choice. Um, and even, even after high school, um, I think I thought I want, like, I thought in that moment, I want to go to college because it's just so, it's just so embedded in your, you know, that's like when path, you're, I yeah. mean, that's, that's what you do. And, and um, I think particularly for like our generation of, of kids, it was, that was what was kind of laid in front of us. There wasn't a, it was, it was much less, I think, focused on like vocation or, you know, in different areas like that, at least, at least where, where I grew up to, where it was, you go to high school and then you go to college and then you're, you're working and then you're, you know, whatever you're doing and that's, and that's your path. Right. I, I mean, we, like my, my dad's an attorney, my uncle's a doctor. It's like, I, God knows how many doctors, it's ridiculous. There's all these doctors in my family. And, it, you know, it was not, it wasn't something that I ever thought, like, this is my path. Um, but I, I just, I went because that's what you do. You go to college. Um, and when I got there, it was just like, okay, like, what now? Um, I got a BA in economics because I just, like, that was what I had taken the most classes in. But I got a job bartending. I guess it was my sophomore year of college. Um, and I just, like, I was hooked. Fell in love with it. Um, fell in love with like with, with that. Yeah. I, I loved it from the minute, just like the smell of, of a stale bar floor. There's, there's something magical. <laughs> there's something really magical to it. I know what you mean. You know? Um, and so, uh, you know, that was, that was just what, that was what I started to do. And, um, I think we, even when I was younger, I had this vision of owning some sort of a restaurant, something, um, but I just, I forgot about it. And then I rem I was reminded about it when I started bartending again. And then I forgot about it. It was just, I like, kept coming and, and going. Um, like the first great idea I ever thought about was having a laundromat bar. That was what I wanted to open. Cause that makes sense. Yeah. Especially in New York city. It totally. makes sense. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, I, I graduated college and, and then I just went straight into the industry, like straight into bartending, uh, waiting tables doing whatever I could. I managed a restaurant for, for a few years um, in New York. Yeah. In down York. in Tribeca. Um, it's not there anymore. It was back in 99. It was like, no, it was like 2000, 2001, 2002. Um, and I worked there for a few years. I also worked at, I don't know if you're familiar with the Peninsula hotel oh, yeah. on 55th and fifth. So that was one of the first bartending jobs I got as well. Um, which was great. Um, it was kind of through a connection. Um, so I got lucky there, Works, but, yeah. um, but I was thrown right into it. The funny, the, this was probably one of my like funniest experiences as a bartender. It was one of the first times that I'd ever bartended. 
Um, and I had a little cheat sheet in my, you know, my pocket and I'd written everything down. I, I wrote everything down shorthand. So someone had asked for a greyhound. So greyhound is vodka and grapefruit juice. If you're not familiar. I um, my cheat. In yeah. So on my pocket. cheat sheet, on <laughs> yeah. my, on my cheat sheet, I wrote grape because I, I wanted to shorten it, oh you know, God. for grapefruit juice. And so I pull it, you know, like I'm like, oh, cool. And I'm behind the bar. I pull out this cheat sheet and I look and I start tearing the bar apart for <laughs> grape juice, which just no bar, no bar has grape juice. It just doesn't. It doesn't exist. And so I actually I, think it doesn't exist. I, think yeah. it's, I, don't, I don't think the bars ever carry. Yeah, bars grape don't juice. carry grape juice. And so, and I, so here's, wine. well, there's, there's tons <laughs> yeah. of wine, but there's no grape juice. And so, but I had the wherewithal to know that I didn't want to say I don't have grape juice because I didn't want to sound like an idiot. And so I just, I turned to the woman who ordered it and I said, I said, I'm, I'm really sorry, but I don't think I have the ingredients. And she said, you don't have grapefruit juice. And I was like. Let me check again. <laughs> Let me just check one more time. And uh, sure, of course, there's grapefruit juice. And so I was like, ah, sorry, I missed oh, it. Oh, <laughs> bar, bar hand put it in the different spot. I'm just on I'm oh, a well-oiled was, uh, machine. Yeah. That was one of my first, like, that was just, like, I'll never, I'll never forget that. Oh, yeah. Never forget that. It was, it was great. <laughs> um, but it was just like, I was on the spot. I had to come up with something quick and I had to figure it out. And that's like, that's kind of what we do all the, all the time totally. now. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I, I, there's, there's no, there's nothing I love more than that, uh, than being of service and just trying to make sure everybody gets what they're, what they expect to get and just trying to navigate that. Cause it's hard. Yeah. Everyone's different. You know, what works for you doesn't work for him. Doesn't work for me. Um, and everybody just has a different level of expectation as far as how they're going to be taken care of. So that's part of, that's a huge part of our job is, is navigating that. Absolutely. Yeah. The experience through and through. Yeah. And we're consumers. Yeah. He and I are consumers first, always, you know, everyone who, everyone who works, for, uh, works with us, um, everyone who works in the industry, they, they go out more than like, they just, they experience that side of things more and you know what works for you and you. Uh, you know, what doesn't, and that's what we've kind of created is like what, this is what we believe works for us. And so I'm not saying that that should work for everybody else, but, um, we're able to navigate it. Totally. Were you in the hospitality as well, Paul? What drew you yeah. in? Um, <clears throat> when I was 13, 13, 14, 13, 14, 15, um, I worked at uh, Chan Asin Dinner Theater, um, and I was I was a um, started out as a service assistant, and I mean that was my first job. Is that legal? Thirteen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, you, I mean, you could you'd only work until Twin Cities. Yeah. I mean, we only worked until nine thirty. Kind of like it wasn't wasn't a late a late gig by any stretch, um, and. I loved doing it. I loved making cash and just like that, that feeling of like that feeling of like working hard and getting paid right away and just like walking home, which is like, this is great. Yeah. Like it was such, it was just, it, there was such a, um, that instant gratification from, from doing it. 
Um, and you just felt, it felt like a, a good, you know, a good days, you know, a good day's work. So I, I did that, you know, that for three years and then just, you know, I worked in restaurants, you know, ever, ever since. I mean, that was what I did in managing and <clears throat> I mean, every, every facet from managing, bartending, serving, um, the, the whole, the whole gamut. And, um, yeah, I, there's many years of, of that. I went to, I went to school for, for performing arts and I went to a, a conservatory on the Upper East Side. And, you know, when I, when I graduated, I realized very quickly that I hated auditioning a lot and I wanted no part of that business. And that was the business, right? Like, that's what it is. You yep. are, you, you go and audition and I wanted none of that. So I, uh, after I, I graduated, I <laughs> quickly found myself going, well, we've got to figure out something else because <laughs> yeah. relatively this is, this quickly, is, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, would kind of segue into the, the next section of Ooh. this conversation. And that next, I mean, you can't, you can't drop a bomb like that and not take well, us to that section. So shortly, shortly after I, shortly after I graduated, I, um, I started, you know, interacting more with Jeremy. We had met and, um, and, you know, he was telling me about a, a coffee shop project that he was working on. And I, within seconds of hearing that, I was like, I want to do that. Do you need help? And he said, I'm good. <laughs> And uh, that, that is I, correct. And I, and I thought, okay, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm the kind of person where like stuff doesn't really stick to me. It, it takes a lot to kind of like get me ramped up or like, you know, I was just kind of like, okay, like just kind of water off of, you know, no, no problem. And, um, and then I remember I was in, I mean, maybe we, I think we, maybe we were in Madison square park. We were near, I mean, it was, it, Looking back, it was it's quite amazing that that this that this happened because um, one of the first conversations I remember was like where I got started to move towards like something was in Madison Square Park, and you and I were I think we were on the phone just like chatting, and you were saying you were there. I was in Madison. You were in Madison Square Park. Makes sense why you got it on my phone. On my phone, it doesn't make sense why I don't remember because I don't remember a lot. Stuff. <laughs> um, I'm totally making all this up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we so we were we were talking on the phone, and and I asked the question again. It's like you know, do you, you need help with that? And he's like, I don't know. And I what I heard was, "Yep, that sounds a lot like a yes." And so I was just going to just you know, a little bit more pressure every once in a while, I just kind of see where where that was going to go. I remember telling my she was then my girlfriend. Um, now my, my wife of 10 years, uh, Kara, and I said, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to work on a coffee shop with Jeremy. And <clears throat> now I'm at the same time, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm paying child support and going through the, all this, like other life stuff. That's like really challenging and crazy. And Kara, then my girlfriend goes, are you sure that's what you want to do right now? Any other time? maybe that might be a good idea. Are you sure you want to do it right now? I was like, yep, hundred percent. This is definitely, definitely want to do this. And as she said, okay, good luck. And, <clears throat> and that kind of was this, I mean, this was back in like what? 2007, 2008, Probably late 2007. Yeah. Something like that. So, I mean, it was, 
it was a while. I mean, so this is a while ago. Yeah. And, and that was it, you know, I mean, and I, and I, it's funny cause I remember, you know, sitting in, you know, Jeremy had this, it wasn't a vision board cause that didn't really exist yet, but it was like these ideas of, you know, kind of what he was seeing for the, for the coffee shop. And, and I remember just sitting back going, that's just so cool that, cause it's not how my mind works. Like I'm not, I'm not creative in that way. Right. And so I remember just like looking at it, like, we're going to, we're going to serve, you know, these grilled cheese sandwiches and we're going to have, you know, this kind of, you know, coffee and food. And it was just, it was so, it was like, it almost had like a campfire, like camping feel to it. And I was like, this is rad. We're going to have so much fun with this. And I will tell you, it evolved quite a bit from, from that, you know, first iteration, but just going through that process and especially, <clears throat> you know, where we are now and looking back to that, I mean, there's, there's, I, I'm, and I'm finding myself, you know, being a, even in this moment, feeling a bit, a bit nostalgic of, because we were so uninformed about what we were doing. Like we sure didn't know a lot of stuff. And what we had. That's probably why you started it too. Where it's like, if we had known just a quarter of this stuff. Well, just even, even when it comes to like how we work with people, right? If we had a fraction of the skill set, I just, it's very interesting to like, kind of have that, uh, that kind of, um, I don't know, thoughts around, you know, where, where, where that, where that all started. But so, you know, starting this, this, this business, keep in mind, like we were, this was all now happening in the, the, you know, the great recession, right? So it's not a great time to be really doing anything. Right. And, and I remember my father, when I told my dad and I was so proud, I was just, I was so ramped up that we were going to, you know, do this. And, and I remember going to my dad and being like, we're doing this. And my, and my dad's like, that is not a good idea. I don't think you should do that. And I said, well, thank you. And I remember we were sitting thank in the basement. Thank you for sharing. Like, yeah. thank you for sharing. And we were sitting in this basement and, and he said, I, you know, I really would really encourage you to, to rethink this. I said, thank you. I'm going ahead with this. I said, this guy that I'm working with is really smart. Like we're going to, we're going to really nail this. And he said, Okay. Just and I and I remember just like that was kind of the response from people was just okay, you know. No, Good I didn't, luck. I, I expected all right and way to go. You know, like this like enthusiasm like I have because I have when I, when I'm when I'm looking when I'm excited about a project, duck because I will trample <laughs> you with my enthusiasm because I just that's just me. Yeah, like, I'm like, like I'm an enthusiastic guy, and so that's where I was like I was coming in at like an eleven, and my my father was like at a four. And maybe like, like, like between a three and a four. And so it was just, it was an interesting how I was, you know, sharing all this stuff and, and people were just like, no, yeah. I don't think so. Cool, man. Yeah. Good luck, dude. Yeah. You know, probably going to fail like most restaurants do, you know, good but luck. It's okay. Yeah. You tried but, your but, hardest. But yeah. Good, good good effort. Good. <laughs> so I'll let, I want, I want him to, to, to share more. I think it's, cause I think it's interesting to, to hear more about like the, the vision and the process of, of kind of where it, where it, where it started to, to where it is now. Cause it's, it's, it's evolved so much. Um, yeah, we, 
I had a, so I don't even like I, he, I think has a, I mean, Paul's certainly got a better, better memory than, than I do. Um, and I, from what I remember, I was talking to him about it and there were, there were times I, there was one point where I had called him up and we met our, we met over at think coffee, mm -hmm. uh, which is, was on, um, I'm sure it's still there on, what is it like right on by, Broadway? right by, no, right by, uh, the, the theater. The Angelica, oh, right, right yeah, up the yeah, street yeah. from the Angelica. Oh, and yeah. this was at a point where I didn't think it was going to happen. I, my whole thing was, and, and I've, I talk about, I didn't believe that this was actually going to happen. I just didn't. I was trying really hard and his enthusiasm was very, very helpful, but it wasn't, it wasn't enough. And I thought I was like, we're just like, we're going to try our best. Everyone's going to say like, good job. And then it's just kind of move on. Um, and I, I would just get cold feet. Like I would constantly be getting cold feet. And there was a point where um, I was like, we're not going to be able to find a space. And I called him up and I said, listen, I said, I think we have to pivot and I'm going to, we're going to do a truck, but I'm going to pivot without you, <laughs> without you. Um, That's a big pivot for you. It was a big <laughs> pivot for Paul. Yeah. Um, and and Paul was like, he's just like, he's just a very graceful, respectful guy. And he was just like, okay. And I, again, I don't know what was going through his head when that conversation went down, but. Well, just, I think it was just sadness. It was just a bummer. Yeah. You know, that was, that was really it. Yeah. It was, um, and I think the mentality was, well, you know, we'll never be able to make enough money on a truck for us to like both kind of be supported. So that was, but again, I think it was just me panic. Like I would just panic. And, um, and it wasn't, it was pretty shortly thereafter where, um, the space, did you ever go to the original one on, on 27th? Not yeah. where it is now. Yes. The one at the Gershwin. It was yeah connected to the hotel. It's connected to yeah. the Gershwin hotel, which was just like this really like bohemian, like really just wild, wild hotel. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we, we had gotten connected with the owner of the hotel. Um, just, we were trying to get her to invest because we, I was so set on the Lower East Side, like Clinton between Stanton and Rivington. That was it. Like that was the, the block. And if it didn't happen there, it wasn't going to happen anywhere. Um, and she said, well, I'm not interested in investing, but I have a space in the lobby of the hotel. Um, and if you're interested in taking space there, then, you know, great. Not, have yeah. at it. So my initial was like, no, no, no I'm good. Lower East Side. That's where it's got to yeah. be. And I remember I called, I called my dad because I would always try to, like, I would try to get validation and get my, you know, my parents be like, okay, we, we approve. Um, cause I was just like, I was just terrified. And my dad, I like, I don't think he was, I don't, I don't, I don't think he used, uh, the words that I'm about to use, but, <laughs> but it's, it's something along the lines of, are you out of your fucking mind? Are you crazy? And so he's like, just meet, just sit down, see what, see what the offer is. Yeah. Right. And so we did. And I like, and I think we, we both met with her, right? Yeah. That was right. So I called Paul. I was like, hey, game on. I need you to meet me like tomorrow. We need to meet with this woman. Um, and so we did. And, and I looked at it and I was like, we, we cannot pass this up. 
And I was in, it was in the Flatiron, like Nomad, which, I mean, it wasn't even named Nomad. Yeah. Like it was named Nomad Could years after. Could not be more different from the Lower East Side. 27th. Between that is like correct. 5th and Broad, Mad- 5th and Madison. 5th and right. Madison. Yeah. Um, and we signed a lease. It was early 2009. Um, we didn't open our doors until uh, October 27th until uh, 2009. Um, and again, it was just like it was, I don't know, it was kind of just a whole head spin because it was happening. And I was still completely terrified um, because I, I didn't know what I was doing. And he didn't like we didn't know what we were doing. Um, and then the ACE opened and Stumptown opened and it was at, so beautiful and four right, away for yeah. not even, it was yeah. like 29th and Broadway. It's so around the corner. And we're just like an article in the New York times right. is like, it's Oh like, my God, shit. we're never, yes. never going to go. Like we're going to, we're going to be out of business in four seconds. <laughs> yeah. And we should have been, uh, just the way that we managed money. It was nuts. It was nuts. I, there was wild west. Man. It was really, it was crazy. It was <laughs> your first rodeo. Like actually, yeah, truly, that was the first rodeo. Truly, charge truly, everything. Man. Yeah. I'm I remember, nuts. I remember, I remember saying to Jeremy, how are we going to pay for our paper goods order? And he said to me with the money that people are using to buy coffee. And I was like, holy shit, this it's, is how it works. Really and like, it just like, we're smart guys, but that was amazing yeah. to me. Like that's that, this is how this works, right? The money comes in this way and it goes out that way, yeah. right? It's like, and hopefully there's some left over. Holy, yeah. I mean, well, for, yeah. forget about that. <laughs> yeah. at the I mean, forget the that, man. Not, of course. Zero of that. We, so there was no, there was quick, there was a QuickBooks account, but it was not used. <laughs> it, it was wasn't, not used. it was not used. And I used to determine how we would write checks and everything was handwritten. So I had a checkbook. This is just like, it's just amazing. I had a checkbook. I haven't thought about this stuff in a really long time. I, know, I, was, uh, um, I had a checkbook and I would, I would write out the check. I'd write the stub on the side to keep track of it. And then I would write out the envelope because we, we didn't use windowed envelopes and we didn't have the address of where the checks were going. <laughs> So like every week, my hands were just, my hand was just <laughs> yeah. like, what? Oh God, there's gotta be a better way, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and turns, turns out, out there, there actually, is. there yeah. is, there's a much I'll better be way. Enough. Uh-huh. Um, but I would look at, I would look at our Chase bank account and whatever balance was in there. Forget about what was pending. Like I didn't, you know, forget about the <laughs> checks <laughs> that I had, that were in the mail. Yeah. That was how I would write. Oh my god! That was how I would write checks. I would write checks based on how much money was in the bank account. And there was one. There was a. I'll never forget. There was a Friday night, and I, he and I. I mean, we worked. It was crazy. <laughs> we worked. It was like a hundred. It was between one hundred and ten and one hundred twenty hours a week. That was what we were putting in seven days a week. I was there at four thirty in the morning. I'd leave for a few hours, like go take care of my dog, and then I'd come back. Paul would generally work the afternoon shift. He'd come in around 11 and he would just stay till, I mean, we were open till midnight. We sold beer and wine. It looks very different. Um, and I looked at our bank account and I was looking at um, payroll. And I, I said, I was like, we have to, we have to fire half of our staff tomorrow. We don't have a choice. Um, otherwise we're like, we're dead in the water. And we did. 
We did. And it was, it was like one of the hardest, I think it was one of the hardest decisions that we had to make early on, but it was basically, it was, they'll find other, like they'll find other jobs. They'll be fine. We've just spent an obscene amount of money opening this space. We, we cannot find other jobs. So this has to work. Um, and so we did that and we just started to change. I, I started to change just how I looked at everything. So it turned out that our payroll that January was 120% of our revenue. Wow. Insane. Insane. And January is, I mean, notorious. I mean, yeah, the restaurant terrible. industry it is yeah. the worst month for any, any service, you know, any food or restaurant or coffee. But, um, yeah, I mean, we found that out like months later cause, uh, we looked at it, but yeah, it was, it was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. Um, but, but it was the best, it was the best mistake. Like it was just all of these things, every single thing that happened just, it was, le- it was boom, lesson, lesson, yeah. lesson, lesson. And informed what we did next, yeah. you know? So when we were, when we were moving into our, you know, second year, third year, we, we knew what we wanted to do differently, you know? And we knew that we can't keep payroll there. We need to, we need to change what we're doing. Totally. And so <clears throat> the, the model itself had to, had to evolve and, uh, and it did. When did you open location number two? Um, when did you get comfortable? Maybe you so, were never comfortable enough yeah, with that, doing that. Well, that's, that's the thing. It's always, I mean, people come, I mean, we talk to people all the time and they're like, when, when were you ready? I was like, if you, if you Still think, <laughs> if you think that you have to be ready to open your second space, you'll never open it. It's the same thing with opening you know, people before we open the first one, people are like, don't you think you should get a job like at a Starbucks? I was like, no, no. If you, if you open something, when you think you're ready to open, it will never, ever happen. And so it's just about, it's about doing it, just jumping right in. So we, we kind of didn't have a choice. It was, it's a really interesting story. Um, and we, I mean, I, I learned so much. Um, but so the Gershwin was, it was a hotel and the woman who owned the hotel was looking to get out. She was looking to sell it. So, um, it was a land lease. So she had about, she had been there for about 20, 30 years, maybe. So there was about 20 or 30 years left. It was a 50 year land lease. Um, and so in order for her to sell it, she needed to cancel our lease. In our lease, there was a, uh, there was a buyout clause, which we were very, very fortunate. We were very, very fortunate, um, to have that in there. Um, and it was exercised. Um, so we to knew, her chagrin, yeah, very okay. much to her chagrin. So we, um, we knew that we were, we knew that we were losing the lease. We knew it was like, this was, I think January or February of 2000, 2011, I think maybe something like that. I think it was, uh, yeah, 2000, like we'd been open for maybe two years, not even. Um, and so we knew at the end of the year, like that was going to be it. So come the end of the year, we start to actually like look for other spaces. But before that happened, we found out who was buying the building, buying the hotel. Um, And she wasn't allowed to give us their name, but we were able to kind of seek it out. Yeah. And so we did. So we did. And excuse me. And we um, we approached them and we said, hey. You're probably going to be doing some work. Let us stay. 
So we we got to stay an extra. It was probably it was another fourteen months. Wow! So on top of that, and we had gotten the buyout clause. Yeah, so we had amazing. gotten bought out. Um, and so it gave us it gave us a little bit of wiggle room. But basically, the reason why we opened number two and number three was because we were terrified. We were afraid that if we if we had to close number one and we didn't have anything else open, we were done. Yeah. Which I think was a fair, I think it was a fair evaluation. So um, we started looking, The my, one of my favorite people um, found us, and he found us pretty much like eight or nine spaces. Uh, this guy, Kyle, was awesome. Um, so he found us a space on the Upper West Side. We're like, cool. So that was 96th um, and Columbus. And then while that was going on, somebody approached us and said, hey, are you interested in, in another coffee shop? And we're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> how many you got? We're ready. How many you got? <laughs> yeah. So um, there was an Irving farm on 7th Avenue between 13th and 14th. Um, and, you know, Irving, they were moving in a direction more towards food. Uh, they do have a big food menu. And mm-hmm. I think all of their spaces now and they build them out, build up, build up big kitchens. So this was a small one. And so we're like, yeah, we'll take it. So that we, they closed that. It was like December 31st uh, of that year. I think it was like 2000, it was 2012. Um, and then we went in two weeks later, we were open, uh, three weeks later, we were open on the 22nd of January, which was Paul's wife's birthday. That's amazing. And so now we have two shops and then three months later we opened uh, 96th street. So now there's three. Uh, and I don't, I, I don't know how it happened. Like it was, it was just within the course of just a few months. Now all of a sudden we're like, okay, this is kind of legit, you know? Yeah. I remember, I remember our, my, um, my brother-in-law who does all of our, our graphic design, uh, work for us, all of our branding for us. And he said, he goes, you guys have three stores. You're like, this is, this is it. Like you guys are going now. And I remember it was one of the kind of the first moments that I had to to really reflect that we're legit in in this now, and we have you know we've established ourselves as at least able to to get our toes in a you know a successful industry you know a success, successful business in a in a you know growing industry totally yeah and now I mean you probably have as close to a formula for opening a space that's obviously going to be iterated on as yeah. you learn more and more and more. But I think you're very efficient with opening spaces. You're trying new stuff. I mean, with this airport deal, like that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome. unique. Yeah. Sure. Um, but the business has also evolved a bit where you've gotten into like ready to drink stuff too, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's, there's the box. There's the boxes. Yeah. A whole evolution. I think that, I think we're, when it comes to, you know, when it comes to the, the space and this is, I mean, this is to be, you know, to be perfectly candid, this has really happened in the course of the last, the last 12, uh, I guess 14, 14, 15 months now where Jeremy and I went, um, at a, um, friend of Jeremy's suggestion. We went down to, um, uh, you know, the business class and we thought that it was, um, you know, really a, an interesting opportunity, right? We'll say it and we'll say, um, it was in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee. And we, we got down there and we were, you know, we were kind of in this, in this place where, you know, we had at that time what we had, like we had nine places, nine states, nine eight, stores, like that, eight, eight, eight or nine stores. Anyways, we were kind of hitting our heads against the wall of, you know, how do we, how do we continue to grow? How do we, how do we build teams? How do we, you know, evolve management? How do we, you know, 
grow a proper business, right? For, for this next stage. And we went in and, you know, I think that for, for both of us, there was a lot of finger pointing at, well, it's, it's because of millennials. It's because of this. It's because <laughs> of, you know, I mean, these are words that we were using. Sure. Right. Um, and then we very quickly, when the seminar started, um, the person that was leading this, we're, we're, you know, telling all this information to him, we're, you know, millennials and, you know, other people, other stuff. And he just sat, stood there with a smile on his face, nodding, acknowledging everything that we were saying with just grace and kindness. And we started the seminar and then within, you know, I had, I had read a book recently, you know, a, a couple of weeks before that was kind of pivoting my, my thoughts around this. And then very quickly as this process was starting, it became quite apparent what the issue was and it had nothing to do with millennials and it had nothing to do with other people and it very much had to do with us. And so at, at that stage, we, we just kind of looked at each other. It's like, so, so I guess we got to do something, right? Like, guess, I guess this is work that we have to do and we have to be different and we have to change um, to make this look the way that we want it to. And we sat down, we, it was the first time that we, this was, again, this was 15 months ago, right? We're 10 years into this and we wrote our first mission statement, right? We have, like, we have, you know, our uh, key business drivers, all these things that just didn't exist. We took the time to sit down and go, what are we? Why are we? And we were, and this is, you know, to what we were talking about earlier, you know, it's like Jeremy had the vision of the service from the beginning, right? He knew that this is where we were going to be. And in the last 15 months, this is starting to get realized in a very big way. And I think it's, now we're at a point where we're we've built a team of people that are on board with driving this. They want to be a part of this and they want to see this through. And having people like that around us day to day, people that will challenge us, people that are not they are not yes people. Like we do not have yes people working for us. Um not insubordinate. I will be course, I'll be very, very clear. They're not <laughs> yeah. they're not insubordinate people. But they're intelligent people who see our vision, respect our you. vision, but they'll challenge us and they make us better, right? Um, and you know, even you know, conversations that we're, you know, we're we're having, it's like we still we still need to have our our arms around this whole thing, especially as we're you know moving through these these changes that we're going through. So it's a it's a really it's really unique to see this this evolution in, in ten years from what started as you know a paw and paw, I guess you say. Yeah. Right. Um, to something that is, you know, I would say we're pretty established in New York. I would say so. Um, what so. Uh, what's the immediate 12 to 24 months hold for you guys? Um, we're, we're trying to figure that out. Uh, we have, we have some idea. Um, we're in the process of, we'll probably open three more stores, I think this year. Um, in 2019. Yeah. If everything goes, I mean, they're projects that are, they're projects that are already they're ongoing. Oh, they're yeah. Yeah, of course, of course. This is not um, new stuff. And then we're negotiating a bunch of leases for next year. Um, I, we want to, we want to start to scale. And I, I think we have, it's just like you said, like we have the formula down for opening we know we know how to create the flow for a space we know there's so many things that we know we know how to operate a really small space 
uh, which is, I think, something that we do exceptionally well. Um, I mean, we have a store. 62nd Street. 62nd Street. That's not even our smallest store. Uh, we have one that's smaller than really? 62nd, which is, um, so 62nd Street is 250 square feet. Um, and the one on 57th and 9th is uh, 220 square feet. That's right. Uh, it's tiny. Yes. But they're beasts. Yeah. They're beasts. So, um, and the, what's amazing is when we get people who give us feedback where it's like, I went in, there was no room to stand, but your baristas are so nice and they're so great and pleasant. Like that's, that's a big win for us. Um, and so that's, that's the formula and the training that we put everybody through. It is, I'm very hands-on with the training. Um, we go through how to greet people. Um, you know, how to engage, how to make eye contact, how to lean forward, um, how to not use any language that could potentially offend even one person out of 500. Um, so we don't use sir, ma'am, um, sweetheart, darling, forget it. We don't use that, but it's just hi and or hello, whatever the person's name is, because we're trying to stay as neutral as we can. Uh, we don't know how necessarily how people identify themselves. And so we, we don't want to um, kind of take those liberties. And, and we've learned by offending people, you know, and that's uh, unfortunately, that's just that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, but you iterate. Um, yeah, you have to you have to learn um, otherwise. And you have to act swiftly like that's that's a big thing, too. And I think we're we've gotten much better at that. Mm. Um, when something does come up and we know that it needs to be addressed, uh, we address it uh, very, very quickly. Mm. Um, and you know, um, that's, so we're looking to raise a little bit of capital. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be a secret. That's okay. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that in itself for me was it's different. It for was, us. it was terrifying to even think about that because in, in, in my, I, I talked about, I mean, Jeremy was very kind saying, you know, graceful and things like that. But when it comes to our business, I'm a controlaholic and I don't want, I do not want other talents involved in what we've, what we've created and the blood, literally the blood, sweat and tears that we've poured. It's like, like any entrepreneur who's in this, that's in this space. I know that, that we're very much, you know, um, not, um, alone in this, in this feeling. So when I, when we were, you know, talking about this, it, it was interesting. We had it, we had our, our first meeting recently and it was interesting how easy it was to have the conversation because we know what we're talking about <laughs> and we're not full of shit and our, our numbers can stand on their own legs. You know, there's, there's, All there's nothing that needs things. to be, there's not, there's not, there's not a, I didn't feel like we were having to fabricate or fluff anything to, to impress people. I felt like we could just sit and have a conversation and speak candidly about our work and you're going to be interested or you're not going to be interested and, that's, and fine. that's fine. And it doesn't matter because I'm still going to do this, whether you decide that you want to jump in or, or not. Um, and then, and I don't mean that in, in a flippant way, but just in a, you know, very yeah. matter of fact, determined, of, focused. Yeah. Way. So it's to, I I'm finding, and I won't speak for Jeremy, but I'm finding a new level of, of confidence in, in this process of, I, you know, 
I'm very ready for, for this next stage and look forward to, to these conversations with people. So, yeah. Two things before I let you go. Yep. One, where can people find you? And that could be if you want to drive them to a specific store or they want to find you on the internet or whatever you want to plug. Um, and then there will be links in the show notes. So it okay, doesn't cool. just have to be audio, but, uh, just anything you want to call out before, uh, I'll let you on your merry way. Um, yeah. So I mean, wanna, I mean, you can, you can do one and I can yeah. go for it. Um, the, you I mean, you can find us at our, one of our newest stores at the, the Puma flagship on 49th and 5th, uh-huh. which is, it's a pretty awesome store. The, there's the Puma store. It's in itself. And uh, we're on the second floor in there. Uh, we have a full bar. Um, the challenge is, not to leave with sneakers. It is really a cool store. They did an awesome job with the build out and our bar looks fantastic. So please come in and uh, say hi to our crew and we'll and buy coffee. Please. Yes, definitely <laughs> buy the coffee. Um, and yeah, we, I mean, you can go to birchcoffee.com and uh, we're actually relaunching our website in a couple of weeks. Um, so it's going to be a little bit different as far as the, uh, the feel of it. Um, and I like so many people from all over can actually buy, you can buy coffee online. So, um, that's, I think one, we'd love to see more people just, um, and we also, we have, uh, we, we call it the bully blend. I'm, I'm a big dog fanatic. Um, and I have two pit bull rescues, which I'm sure, you know, and, um, so we, we designed, um, uh, a blend, which is, it's probably my favorite coffee that we have. Cause it's just so good. Um, but all of the profit goes to Pitbull Rescue. Um, and so it's, I mean, basically it's like eight or nine bucks every bag. Some, every time somebody buys a bag, we donate eight or nine bucks, something like that to, um, to Pitbull Rescue, which is great. Um, so you can check that out on the line as well. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And if anybody's looking for a recommendation on what to order when you do get to Birch, I highly recommend the cold brew. It is my favorite cold brew period, whether you buy it by the growler or you just get a large, which will jack you up um, <laughs> in the best way. Uh, I highly recommend that. Um, and then the last question before you guys go, do you have a life motto or a mantra that's carried you through? Um, mine is don't take life too seriously. You'll never get out of life. What's yours? I actually, I have one. Great. Yeah. I'm glad you can go first. Cause so, now I can think about so kind of regretting not having the question at the time. Well, then I would have just been dwelling on it yeah. for the entire it's freedom am, throughout the process. I am. Uh, I love discipline equals freedom. It is my very favorite quote right now. Um, again, as I was talking about earlier, I read a, I read a book, a business book, um, which is, I mean, I've heard the, the authors talk about the silliness of the name, which was extreme ownership. Um, which is a ridiculous name of a book, but the book itself, the, the, the way that it helps you to, to really focus on yourself and in that, how you can impart this onto your, your team, work with your team. Um, the more discipline I have, the, the more freedom that I have to, to move into things that I, that I, that I want to do and incorporating that has been, uh, critical in, in my life, especially with a, you know, a wife and a, and a small, you know, growing family. Yeah. So that's amazing. Yep. Um, I have one. 
Yes. Do it. I got it. I got it right away. Um, Mine would be let go or get dragged. Mm. Very good. Yeah. That's, uh, that's been, that's been the story of my entire, I feel like my (laughs) entire life, but especially over the last, you know, several years where it's like, just in the beginning, I was so like, I was wound so tight and, um, you know, if it wasn't done the way that I wanted it done, it was wrong. And it's just, it's no, it's no way to operate, you know? And I have to, like, I was afraid to read books by people who had done things before I did, because I didn't want, I didn't want to feel like I was doing something wrong or I didn't want, like, I just didn't want to know. It's like, oh no, I'm the way that I'm doing is right. And it's like, well, actually maybe it's not. Um, so then I started to just read books by other people and, um, take what I want, you know, like take, hold on to what I liked and I can, you know, you can just kind of leave the rest. So, um, but yeah, I had to, like, I had to just let go. Um, and of a lot of things, you know, and, and understand that people can do things better, better than I can. And, and that's okay. I should let them. Um, so that is my, that's something I live by. I would say. Yeah. This was amazing. Thank yeah, you was. both so, so much for taking yeah, the time Phil, out of your day. You, this I awesome. genuinely love you both. I love the brand that you've built. So it means a lot to me that you would take the time to do this. So thank you. Thank you. I, I'll, I'll say when I, when I, when I got your email, I had to read it twice because I thought I was getting just like a, a Phil email. And I don't, I don't know why I thought that because I don't think I've ever received a spam email from you ever. I like not. ever. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I genuinely, I don't think that that's ever happened. And I got the email. I was like, oh, awesome. Phil's got a, Phil's got a podcast. That's so cool. And then I read the things like, Oh, holy shit. Bill wants us on his podcast. This is awesome. Man. And I was like, it was like late at night. I was like, oh, yeah, man, we're totally in. This sounds fantastic. So again, the, the enthusiasm was, I loved it. No, it was there. I, we were I ready felt to roll. it through the written word. It was fantastic. <laughs> awesome. Um, awesome. Thank you. Thanks Phil. That's a wrap on episode 22. Thank you once again for listening to the Tartar Project with Birch Coffee. Five stars on iTunes would really help. And if you would tell your friends about the Tartar Project or tell people you don't even like about the Tartar Project and hope that they like it, and then maybe you can become friends over the Tartar Project. That would be stellar. Either way, thank you again for tuning in and I'll catch you next week. <laughs>